Let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. And I promise I'm going to read it this time. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. That though you used to be slaves to sin, this is Paul talking, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because your human limitations. See, even Paul gave illustrations that if we can't connect with it in the practical, we'll never see it in the spirit. Jesus did the same. Just as you offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, which leads to holiness. I want to give you my subject this morning. As you take your seats, find somebody and tell them this is week two of love languages, commitment, commitment. Find three people, just tell them hello, tell them this is about commitment. This is week two, commitment, and tell them hi and you can hug them, or you can smack them if they're mean. Just smack them if they're mean. Don't smack them at church. Don't tell them I told you to smack them. Man, that worship was on fire, no pun intended. Was it good? The uh, hill song? Oh, so good. We've been worshiping that way longer than the church started singing it. Go out there and find your music, y'all. There's some powerful, anointed music in your playlist waiting to change your life. This is week two of All Love Language Month. Commitment. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a couple of cool things. Can I do that? So we released our song, once, uh, one, one Seed Worship. One Seed Worship released their song called Greater Is Your Love on January 11th. And it's just cleared 30,000 streams this weekend. Last time I checked, that's, that's not bad. And I can tell you, it's on track to hit 100,000 in April. And when we get there, we talked about it. We're getting a cake. <laughs> We're getting a cake. I got a thing with uh, cake. Spazio, uh, Messina's in Cottleville, the best. Every time I have an excuse to get a cake there, I'm getting one. I don't even mind, I don't even have to eat the cake. I just like to get them. Isn't that weird? But the top five countries, so what a stream is, is a listen. This is just Spotify. One stream is one full listen on Spotify. So there's been 30,000 plays. It's like 20,000 something people. Some of them play it more than once. Across the top five countries are the United States, which is good, Philippines, Indonesia, United Kingdom, and Brazil. Y'all thought we were joking. You haven't seen nothing yet. This is just the tip. Wait till you see the mountain. This vision is going somewhere. So tell your friends to come on in because the mountain, you know what a, vol you know what a volcano is? It's like, it's like the mountain under the water that no one knew about, and it protrudes and builds up. It's like, I don't know if it's fortifying is the right word. Eventually, it pokes out. So we've been building that thing, 
And I was driving to church this morning, and there was traffic on T.R. Hughes. That never happens. I'm like, this is so weird. And then I remember an experience I had once at a church, and there was a line of traffic to get into church. And God said, this is going to be your line to your church. I said, well, I don't like traffic. I'm going to take another route. It was all the way down at 70 in T.R. Hughes. There was a line of traffic going down to the Tom Ginevra. It's crazy. But that, that's what's coming. And I'm good with it because that's what I said, God, do your thing. But this music is so cool. Something else we're going to do. Um, how many know, like, a lot about a lot of the Christian acts out there, Christian artists? Maybe they're not the, the you know, independent level artists. And there's an artist named B.J. Putnam. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from Bethany Worship out of Louisiana. We're working on BJ coming to do a concert here later this year. All the way from Louisiana. And he's good. If you go to Bethany Worship's website, does anybody remember the band Deluge? Oh, now we're really going back. So Deluge was like a punk rock Christian band. And then the pastor, uh, I mean, the, the lead singer became the pastor of Bethany Church in Baton Rouge. And so he kind of hung up Deluge. They had, they had um, oh, man, I, I'm drawing a blank. They had so many good worship songs. Like the anointing in their songs when they were Deluge was so good in, in church. And then they just consolidated Deluge down to Bethany Worship. And, and BJ is part of their worship team, and he's also an independent act, and he tours the country. And so he might be our first national act coming to 1C Church. And guess who's going to open for him? 1C Worship. It's cool stuff. So, how many like Chick-fil-A? You just say Chick-fil-A and everybody's happy at church. We did Chick-fil-A once in 2018. We tried to give everybody free chicken and biscuit, little nugget sandwiches. They call those sandwiches, Anthony. They're more like Tic Tacs. <laughs> and uh, getting them the night before, not a bright idea. We tried to reheat those things. They were soggy, gross. But, Mike, it was fun, wasn't it? You remember that? We, t we thought if we gave everybody Chick-fil-A, we'd fill the church up. It didn't work, but it was fun. But they just opened the new Chick-fil-A in Lake St. Louis. How many have been there? Well, Jake, you got an inside scoop there. His mother uh, is part of the business there. Uh, my sister works there. And uh, I haven't got a discount, though, actually. And um, so I took, my, I took my kids through there for the first time Friday. And, you know, where I come from, we can get pretty obnoxious, so... We're like, we should turn up the Kanye, Close on Sunday song. Does anybody know Close on Sunday? You're my Chick-fil-A. Look at all you white people. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Nobody knows Close on Sunday? It's a Christian song. It's his blue album. It's not like the others. So we turned it up like super loud right when they were getting our food. It's like, Close on Sunday. You're my Chick-fil-A. And we're like waiting on our food. They didn't even care. We were trying to, like, really be annoying, me and Chloe. <laughs> and they're like, seen it. Here's your food. But I thought about Chick-fil-A and their commitment to the faith. And, you know, it's not about necessarily moving mountains. It's about planting seed. And something they do special is they are closed on Sundays. That's why the song says, closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. Because Chick-fil-A is probably the only, only fast food establishment I know of on planet Earth that's closed on Sunday if they're open the rest of the week. And so that says something about commitment. Now, you know, people can say, well, it, has to, it actually boosts their business during the week, and that may be so. But they closed on Sunday because they want to observe it as God's day. 
And um, that's commitment. They could be cashing in revenue, but they said no. The founder said, no, we're going to commit to this. We're not just going to say what we do. We're going to show what we do. So we're going to be closed on Sunday. And who knew all these years later they'd have a rap, a rap guy, a rap guy, make a song about him. Funny. But they're committed to excellence. And last week we talked about our words being the first seeds we plant when building relationships. And if we don't plant good seed that reflects the, the love of God, we can't build God-loving relationships. But now that the seed has been established, what is it in our relationships that's going to cause the seed to sprout? We've got to plant. One waters, one plants. God gives the increase. Sometimes we've got to water our own plant with more. Commitment is the plowing process to the garden of our hearts and those around us. Excuse me. Commitment is what proves that our words are what we say they are. Oh, that's a good one. I can say a lot, but if I don't back them up with commitment, my words were in vain. How many knows what in vain means? It's not, it's not just like what your mom says when you said it in vain. It was like out of anger. It's like it means, it means useless. It was irrelevant. It was not applicable. So if I say one thing and I don't back it up with my actions, my words are in vain. So that's why I personally believe and, and I believe biblically God wants to see behavioral change behind what we profess. And if we profess one thing but keep living another, then something has not come to fruition. And that affects commitment. Are you committed to what you're professing through your words? Not only to others, it's Valentine's Day this week, but to God also. Our commitment validates our words. Our commitment validates, that proves true, our words. Paul says to do it like this. He says we're to no longer become a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness. Well, when we think of the word slave, we think of that as a negative. But even Jesus said to be the master, you got to be a servant. You can call servant and slave the same thing. It's just, it's just living before the cause of something, and that's first. That's why you're a slave to it. So we're, to, we're going to switch our commitment. And what's funny, funny about it is Paul's saying you need to demonstrate this. And what's funny is we think we don't have commitment. You'll say, I, like, not you all, we'll say, I want to be more committed to these things. But the reality is we are committed to a lot of things. Everything you follow through with, guess, guess what that is? That's a commitment. The question is, are you committed to the right things? And are you committed in the right order? And I can say, culturally, it's usually not the case, but I'm not the judge, but I'm talking to myself. Like, I can be very committed, but doesn't mean I'm committed to the things God called me to be committed to. And there's a big difference. So we don't have to keep saying, I don't know if I'm capable, because we are. It's a matter if we choose to be committed to the things God said to be committed to. And that's a choice. It's not a, it's not a um, disqualification of self that we're incapable because we're too good at going up on the credit card and we're too good at going out to that place every time and we're too good about being faithful to that TV show. We know when it's on and we follow through, baby. So being committed is not the problem. Are you getting this? What are we committed to? 
we have the gift of commitment. We came from God. God was committed to us, and we're committed like God to the wrong things. What does that say? Paul says, you can't be a slave to sin and just profess with your mouth. That is seed that stays dormant. You have to become a slave to righteousness, which means you're out in the field, which means you're committed to the words you profess, and that is being fruitful with the seed you're planting. And that's in, you can take Jesus out of this, and it's in the relationships you're forming right now with the people you work with, with the people you, you, you think are cute, with the people that get on your nerves, with the people in your church, with the people at the drive through at the coffee, wherever you go, that commitment shows that you're backing up what you profess in the church. So what I want to challenge you all to do is to back it, not, not back that thing up, Sir Mix-a-Lot, like back it up this week what you said today in praise. I dare you to do that. God, you look good, better back that thing up. What y'all thinking about? Oh, see, you know that song, that's commitment. See, we know what we're committed to. The top 10 of the 90s, that's what we're committed to. We can quote movie lines, but we don't know scripture. That's not inability, that's where your commitment lies. I thought I was too dumb to memorize that. And God said to Jeffy, you're not looking at my book enough. I thought I wasn't capable. God says, you're not committed. There's a difference. Paul says, you need to be demonstrating that. He said need. That's like telling me what to do. Paul said do it. I'm just the messenger. Paul says do it like that. And if you don't, you're not backing that thing up. Because it's just in vain. We have to show it. And show it in the things of God. When we don't commit, you're not really giving. See, people don't commit because they think they're giving up something. But you're not giving up because you never bared any fruit to give up. So that's the lie the devil plays, is we think if we go all in, we got to give up something else. And God said, you never had anything rooted anyway. So that's what's really funny is when you really commit to the things of God. And this is why I'm going to say I believe God's way is the best way because the only thing that can really change your situation for good and make you live the life God intended, if you believe God is your creator, then the only way you can fulfill that life is to live it the way God intended for you to. And so when you get there, when you get there, you don't go, I had to give up this or that. You say, I don't want that no more. It's not even a taste bud for me no more. You know how much salt is in those chips I've been eating? I didn't know that till I laid off of them. Commitment attaches to union. And without commitment, there can be no union. That's why when you get married, you commit. And if you don't commit in marriage, the union is divided. What God calls for a commitment to him. That's why he says the church is his bride and he is the groom, the bridegroom. And so in order to be fully committed to God, we have to get married again. Some of y'all are like, I am not doing that again. Let me tell you, the marriage to Christ is different. He won't do that to you. He won't do that to you. He's faithful through it all. He's faithful through it all. I think it's a song might have made it up. But it's all about the union. When you have a union with something, you're committed to it. 
That's locking hands with the thing. This week is Valentine's Day, and me and Michelle always do dinner like a month early or two months late because, one, we don't like the crowd. But how many remember, like, grade school when y'all had to make your little, they're doing the Valentine's party back there tonight. How many remember making your, your boxes and then you, would you be my Valentine? <laughs> Says the girl that really annoyed me in second grade. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> but I like what you're giving me in my box. We trade candy. That's really what it was about. But it sounds funny, but they're doing Valentine's today, and it's pretty cool. Me and Michelle gave out some Valentine's with a scripture and a note on the back. and Just to show them that our words are beyond what we say, but what we give. And so what's funny about the, what appears to be a superficial act of grade school is so powerful about this, is that there's an action associated to the profession. They go, will you be my Valentine? And they hand you something. So y'all thought you were just getting something for free. But what they're doing is they're demonstrating love in its purest form because they're, they're demonstrating an action associated to what they're saying. And then everybody trades and everybody's happy and you go home and then you, it's like Halloween or something. You sort out your candy. I don't totally remember. I think you get little notes. When I was a kid, my mom would always help me do my my projects, and so every time I brought something like a Valentine's box to school, they thought I bought it, and that you bought yours, like, no, no, my mom helped me, and then one year, I made something else, like a class project, and they're like, you bought that, and I'd get, like, DQ'd for having the best thing, it's because my mom was, like, super crafty, and I'll never forget the red, it was, like, a red ribbon-wrapped, beautiful Valentine's box, and then little Joey brought his all crayoned up and, and horrible, and I'm like, man, mine's so much better in the second grade, why don't nobody like me? (laughs) that's probably why I don't really care for Valentine's Day anymore but that little act action says something we associate an action with a word Jesus didn't say I'm going to come save the world see you next time see you in heaven what did he do he came and saved the world He said, yeah, you can clap for that. Like when he said, I'm going to go to the cross, and you're like, no, you're not, Lord. Get behind me, Satan, he said to the disciples because they wanted to actually stop him from God's will because it didn't look pretty. I mean, if my friend said, I'm going to go die for you, I'd probably try to stop him too because I care for them. But what I I would not understand in my flesh is that God sees death differently. And then until we have a spiritual death, we can't actually find real life. We're not really living until we die to flesh and rise again in spirit just like Christ in the tomb. That's why he did it, so we can know how. He was our example. And everything he expects us to do, he did first. And that's why it matters, because he backed that thing up with action. He backed it up with going to the cross. Even when he, 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 he fought in the spirit with, 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 with God, he said, he said, take this cup from me. That was flesh crying out the spirit in the garden. Even though he knew in his spirit his flesh was weak because he was flesh too. The garden of Gethsemane. But he still followed through with it because he was committed. But what keeps us from getting to that stage in our walk? With people and with our Lord. There's patterns that keep us broken, patterns that leave us broken. I would say the biggest pattern I can think of that leaves me broken from experience new is fear. Fear of the unknown, 
fear of change, fear of doubt, fear of making a bad decision. There's an old saying, there's no, risk without, there's no reward without a risk. No risk, no reward. How many have heard that? At some point, you can't play it safe for Jesus because God, Jesus was a gangster. If he wanted to play it safe, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. He ticked everybody off. I'm not saying we should make everybody mad, but when speaking the truth makes people mad, so be it. Because if God called me to speak it, if God gave me this word, then I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And as long as I hide underneath it, I'm the world. If I hide it under a rock, I'm not shining a light. I'm hiding the thing. God says, let it out. And when you let it out authentically with, with his love, people, people love it when they hate it. They're affected when you think they're not. When you plan it that way, they're impacted when you think they, they were offended by you. They're going to go home and God's going to root something with that seed. And that's the difference. A big fear people have is accountability. Because when you commit to something, that means you got to do something. It's like a responsibility. It's like the old thing I used to do, like, don't give me a gift because then i got to get you one. Isn't that dumb? That's how I used to think. Like, if, 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 they, if, 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 if Aunt Susie gives such and such little Joey a gift, then Aunt Uncle Billy or whatever his name is, he's got to give little Susie a gift, and then it's just this, this conundrum of gift confusion, and it's like, just nobody give nothing, just say I love you. Does anybody feel like that way at the holidays? Or just like start giving out 20 bucks, 20 bucks, and then you cut them off at 21 or whatever age, you cut them off and they say, you didn't give me my 20 bucks this year. I said, because you're grown, man, get a job. <laughs> that was last year. <laughs> I'm not 21, I'm 25, Uncle Jeff. Yeah, exactly, I'm broke. Accountability will keep us from committing. There's a fear of accountability. There's a real fear of owning what you do. Maybe it's because you think you can't do it first. You need someone to guide you. That's okay. That's being mentored. But there's a point where God wants you to own what you do and quit telling people what you do and not owning it. Because that's not owning it. That's professing only. I got to back that thing up by owning what I do. And when I take on the accountability portion, I enjoy the commitment. It's not, it's not scary anymore. What's scary is the waiting, the unknown. Well, if I try this, guess what? If you try it and you, you don't like it, you can always go back or change your mind. But if you never start, what could you have maybe missed? You know? Like, there's no failing. There's, there's trying again. The only failure is never starting. So we got to try our best to commit and let God prune us. And we're going to fall sometimes and we're going to make mistakes. But if we keep trying, God will show us. That's diligence. But that's the number one pattern, I would say, that stopped people from finding a closer walk with God is that commitment because of fear of accountability. I've got really good friends that say they love me and will do anything for me and just call them, let me know. And then when it's time to show up, they're busy. And that's okay. And, and I'm not mad. I'm just saying I, I already know. Because it's been, tw you know, 20 years of seeing a pattern. Eventually, God quits asking. It's not that he doesn't love you anymore. 
is that if he can't trust you with the responsibility, he's going to give it to somebody else because he's got to get the kingdom work done. Somebody's got to do it. So God wants to provision his supply to you, but he don't like wasted oil. He don't like it being dumped out. Remember, he don't like the seed to float. We know God's seed won't float if we ever decide to water it. It doesn't expire. We talked about that. But he does want it to grow something. So God wants you to take what you've been given and plant it and, and, and work at it and grow it. And he's going to be alongside you rooting that thing. And you're going to see something beautiful in that. I was standing backstage today. It's getting real back there. It looks like a bomb went off. <laughs> it was so messy. And they're like, you know, we're fixing some stuff tomorrow. They made a couple mistakes. Not that I would catch it. I caught it. And, and we're fixing the stage. There's a couple things. We're making it bigger. I know. It's crazy. We're making it bigger. And um, it's getting so real back there. And I'm, I'm, even, I'm even telling God, like, well, God, I asked, I believe for this, but now that it's happening, this is kind of like, whoa. I'm seeing it. Because when you see it and it's no longer just spoken, it changes you. It, like, will scare you in a good way. Like, oh, my Lord, this can really happen. Like, I can, really, I can really find that person that I thought wasn't there for me. Or I can really, I can really uh, have a church family that I thought didn't care about me. I can just go to 1C Church. They're really loving people, and they're going to welcome me when I get out of my car. It's weird. They got, like, dance music playing in the parking lot. That's weird, but I feel good with them because they love me. And that's, that's what a step will do. You step by step, you know. But that fear to get out of the car, the fear to drive to church, the fear to keep waiting and, tell, and, make it, and lying to yourself why you're too busy, you're too tired, you got the sniffles, me too, I got them all the time, I preach anyway. Somebody's got to do it. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. I can't do it 50%. That bugs me. That bugs my flesh. I can't live 50% in. And because I know, I know how good 100% in is. And so when you taste of that, that's tasting the real goodness of God. Like in the worship today, it was so fruitful. You could feel the goodness of God in the worship because it's so truthful and so good. So don't let fear stop you from commitment. It'll cause you to be distant. God wants you to close the gap. This is something that I wrote down here that was interesting to me. But when you want to define what truth is in, in, like, our faith, it's commitment bound to your word of what you profess. Otherwise, it's, Paul says it, it's not living in truth. So that's a dangerous thing. And I, I'm not here to, like, scare you all, but it, it could scare somebody. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're feeling the tug on your heart that maybe my actions aren't, aren't meeting my word or maybe I do neither, there's never too late to start. We got a really cool thing here starting to soon called Fresh Start. We got these special Bibles with these special inserts. We're going to have a team inside the auditorium that at the end of service, when we ask somebody if today's their day to start fresh and they raise their hand, we're going to be in their hand with this Bible in seconds, hugging them, high-fiving them, encouraging them that now's the time to start something. Yeah, we're doing that. And if you ain't used to loving people and moving around and feeling the presence of God, it might feel weird at first. But when you see somebody get this Bible and their life change in a moment because of that affection, you'll see why the action has to pair with the profession. We back it up. 
I can't expect the congregation to back it up if the pastor doesn't, you know. That'd be lying to y'all. I could do a really good job of faking it if I wanted to, but I won't do that. This is not a show. I could, I, could, I could paint a picture and just say anything, and most people would just gloss over it, but I have a commitment in a private to God, and I have to do it faithfully, or it's a lie, and, and you reap what you sow, and I'm not going to do that to the people I love that I want to grow. So that commitment is, is indestructible. Till death do us part, Lord, help me stay strong and healthy. Sometimes you'll question your ability to stay committed because of the pressure, but that's what forms diamonds is the pressure. And anytime you think you can't get through it, just remember, it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. You got, you got, you know, your worst case scenario, your best case scenario, most time you're going to land in the middle. It's never as bad as it seems. Your emotions, the morning of church, when it's time to go, and someone irritated you, says, don't go, just wait. That is your emotion. It's never as bad as it seems. Well, if they know what I did, if they know who, where my past was, yeah, me too. Don't tell them everything. Just get to church. You know? We're all broken. We don't look at you like that. We look at you like the saints coming into God's house. And when you come in, you're, you're, you're like an angel. You're angelic. Because you're God's children. And if we don't see God's people like God's children, then we're judgmental church folk. I don't want to be stanky like that. I want to be full of fruit and love. I want to be loving. Even when I don't want to talk to y'all, I still want to be loving about it. I still want to get my coffee and run and just say, you know what, I love y'all, but I got to go. But like I need, like I do it with love is my, my, my prayer. And so no matter what kind of day I'm having, I pray, God, let me show it right your way. What relationship around you today are you nurturing? This goes with the people you know and the God you serve. How are we nurturing that commitment today? How are we nurturing that? Is today Super Bowl? Can you believe people remembered to show up at the game? I imagine it's sold out, right? Now, can I be honest? I don't know nothing about football except there's a ball and some people and they hit each other. I mean, I played like flag football like in the second grade. But when we have get-togethers, it's about the food. We throw Super Bowl parties just to have food. But what I'm saying to y'all is nobody forgot that they bought a ticket to Super Bowl. Nobody forgot when they're sitting in their street, seats screaming like a crazy person. Nobody's looking at them like they're crazy. Look how excited they got for the guy catching his ball and running through that line. Wow. Wow. If that's not heavenly, woo! Oh, my Lord, thank you, God. I'm not saying don't get excited for your team, people. But what if that was Jesus on the field? You know how quiet it would get? People will be like, ooh, this is scary stuff. That's on you because it's supposed to be good and exciting. And when God comes in the house, you're supposed to shout like the game. You got a ticket to the 50-yard to the line, and you're sitting there going, that's kind of okay. It's a $1,000 ticket. I don't even know what they go for. I'm sure they're not cheap. You went out of state for this. You went out of state, you got a VIP limo, someone drove you to the 50-yard line, handed you, handed you a grape soda or whatever they give, I don't know, I'm sure they're, they're all holy there. Like, they just went to the 50-yard line, and you're going to sit there and go, hmm, let me yawn a little bit. What's for lunch? No. 
No. Because guess what? This is what's funny about the world is even when they're not committed, they're going to act like they are because everybody else is there doing it. You know what? If you, can't, if you can't be committed today yet in God's house, just fake it till you make it. Do it because, because God says when you do it, the heart will change. Like it feels weird at first, but if I shout for God anyway, if I stand on my feet anyway, if I praise God anyway, if I do something anyway, God will change the soil from rocks to fruit. I'm not used to preaching like that. Well, get used to it. Me neither. I have to watch the video. Who got crazy? God says, I'm working this thing. Not a tradition. We're a relationship. So if we don't know how to handle our earthly relationships, how are we going to know how to have a good relationship with our Messiah? It's a mirror. Y'all can stand. I just could just keep going today. It must be the organic coffee beans I bought from whatever country that were overpriced. It must be the difference. They said there's no, you know, the acidity's lower. It's making me preach better. Even with a lower dose of caffeine, I'm, it's the, the anointing was on those beans. Sometimes it can feel like the preacher's beating you up. Some people come up and they say, thank you for yelling at me. Isn't that the funniest thing? Sometimes I feel bad because I was so hard, and people say, thank you. I needed that. Okay. I'm glad you're not going to hit me in the face. And, but here's what's so good about all this at the end of the day, and this will never change, is that everything preached from God's word, Christ did first. So we will never be asked to do something that he didn't feel first. So God is offering to lead us first. Watch this. Remember, in the Gospels, when they were quarreling about who would be the greatest in the kingdom, because guess what? They were getting fleshy. These are the disciples quarreling amongst Christ about, like, who was his favorite? Like, like who, who's his best bud? You know, bro, who had the bromance? Nobody. Christ says to be the greatest means you have to be the least here. You have to be a servant first to be a master in the kingdom. Christ uses those who are willing to to plow on the bottom first to be the highest in the kingdom. And that's what he told the disciples. So we know that Jesus believed that. We know that Jesus believed that servitude, is that the right word? Being a slave to righteousness is is another way to say it, is what Christ wants us to be. It just means we're committed to it all the way. In that mindset, this is what's so good. The know Christ felt it first is freeing. It means when I, when, I, when, I, when I feel it's too heavy, when you might feel it's too heavy this week, and you just say, I don't know, you feel like you're breaking, God says, I felt it. I went through it, and I rose out of it. And so I wouldn't put that on you if I didn't commit to it first. So anything my word calls you to commit to, because remember, Christ is his word. You can't separate the two. The word was made flesh. Therefore, if it's Christ, it's his word, and the two can't be separated. They're just analogies for, for descriptive terms of how God is moving. The word became flesh. Anything that comes from his word, God felt first, all the way to the cross, all the way till death, All the way till sickness, he took on the sins of the world in the garden. That's why he wept. It wasn't because he was just so sad to die. It's because he felt everything we could feel when we feel like disconnecting, 
uncommitting. He felt it first. He offers to lead. And that's how we sustain what we're carrying. He carries the weight because he offers to lead first. He offered to commit first. If he committed to me, I'm going to commit to him. If he committed to me, I'm going to commit to them. See how that works? And if I, if I modify that formula and all three aren't true, then it's in vain. It's in vain. We are faithful to Jesus because his life reflected what he said. So I know it's true. And what if our commitment could look like that? What if when people see Vince, because they already do, I'm sure, they say, man, look at his commitment. What if they see Chris and they say, man, he knows Jesus. There's something about that kid. He knows God. I I need some of that. It just glows off commitment. You don't have to say nothing. One waters, one plants, God gives an increase. Your actions speak loudly. That's why commitment is part of this love language. If we're communicating love, it's part of our commitment is how we communicate that. Because Jesus did it first. I'm going to close with this to remind you our commitment validates our words. Our words are professed. Our commitment validates them. Real love commits. If I love you, I will commit to you. If they love you, they will commit to you. If they want the drive through and you're the real restaurant, that's not love. Quit going for the express burger. Because guess what? It's fast food, and we know how fast food turns out on the other end. Not to get gross with y'all, but it's not healthy. If they love you, they'll commit to you. They'll go to the sit-down dinner with you. And if it's not right, it's not right. Let's bow our heads, and I'm going to pray one more time over Josh. And God, we're thankful that we could keep preaching your word today. The devil tried to mess us up today and try to hurt our people. We ain't scared of you, devil. Go back to hell, devil. You're a fool, devil. And we laugh at your bluff. You try, to, you try to scare us into thinking you can stop God's word. We already know the end from the beginning. God, we're thankful that our, our guy is okay. We're thankful that this situation, I bet, planted some new seeds in people today. That everything that happens is for your greater good. Even when it's planned, even when it's not, everything is to support your mission. And we believe everything that happened today is for your will. And we bound together for that today. And we show thankfulness and gratitude over that today. And we also want to give thanks to this word today, that our commitment is everything. That if we're not committed to the cause, we can't expect a cause to come to fruition. It only comes through commitment. If I love them, I'm going to commit to them, and I'm going to show them what my words mean through my behavior. And if I don't have a behavior, God, give me one. Give me one that shows how to, how to do what I'm saying. I don't know how to do it, God. Lead me. I'm willing. If we could be clay, God, what could you do with us? If you could be clay, what could you do with these walls? If this building turns into clay, what could you do with this church? If these hearts turn into to open doors for change, what could you do with this house? What could you do with this community? We could be filling this place and locking the doors because not everybody can get in the place. Then we're going to have to break it up because there's too many wanting your word. And that's what we're headed to. And we're going to believe for that. And we're going to rejoice for that. And when the time comes, God says you're going to get another space. And it's going to be a bigger space. And you're going to spread this one seed 
all over St. Charles County. We give thanks for that, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.